Hey everyone, Amina here with the Flow Small Business Podcast, speaking with Stillman Jordan, who's an HVAC engineer and an airflow expert. And we're going to be talking about some simple cost-effective things that we might want to be thinking about as small businesses as we move into this winter season. Thanks so much, Stillman. Hey, I'm super excited to talk to you. I want to just jump right in because people have so many questions about what they can be doing to keep their customers safe, to keep their teammates safe. I think a lot of people are focusing on keeping surfaces clean, which is great, but I don't think that's the only thing. People are starting to talk about air filters, HVAC, and I wonder whether people are scared that this is gonna cost them an arm and a leg. Is there anything that small businesses can be doing that won't cost them a ton of money, won't cost them anything maybe. Simple things that small businesses can be thinking about as we go into this winter season. Yeah, you know, it's a great question and I think a lot of businesses are struggling with it right now. Um, There are some low cost, no cost things you can do. I think the thing to always remember is that indoor air quality often competes with comfort, right? Right. there are lots of things we can do to to really to they're no cost, low cost yeah. that would make the indoor air quality. Um, you know, there's a reason that uh, we they try to encourage outdoor dining, right? You know, when you anytime you have any contaminant, if you can dilute it with yeah. lots of outside air, yeah, that is one of the best ways to eliminate your you know or mitigate your exposure. I shouldn't say eliminate, but mitigate your exposure. And so if you're running a small business, you could leave the windows and doors open, let fresh air in. But and so I think that that's really great in the summer and really great right now in the fall. But you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Now we're going into the winter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, when that, we don't all get to live in California where it's going to be nice all year. In Portland, Oregon. We've got chilly weather. It's not freezing cold, but it's rainy. So there's some humidity outside. On the East Coast, I imagine it's freezing cold. It's snowing. The air is maybe drier, perhaps. I'm not quite sure. So what are some things that people could, should be doing? Yeah. Um, So I'm going to separate the houses from the businesses, right? And which okay. would you rather me focus on, the residential world or the commercial world? Because the answers are different. Okay, well, how about this? This is a podcast for small businesses. So let's talk okay. about the business side. But if we can relate it back to safety in the home once in a while, I don't think that'll hurt, right? Because I think a okay. lot of people are getting sick right now by having people in their homes too. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, it really depends on on your on your systems. I'll start with small business, right? Um, unfortunately, a lot of small businesses have heating systems that do not have an outside air duct connected to them, right? Okay. So it's you really kind of you kind of think of it. if you picture in your mind your heating system, um, the simplest heating system around right now are those wall mounted heat pumps you see the little the little the split systems they call them mini splits. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. The ones yeah. mounted. Yep. Right. So that is the simplest type. You're seeing it in small businesses. You're all seeing it in homes. Unfortunately, that system, all it is doing is recirculating the air within your space. It takes air from the space, heats it or cools it, and dumps it right back in. Okay. And so in that scenario, 
with those types of systems, you, you really don't have a tremendous number of options. Hmm. You, see, you see what I mean? So in that case, if I want to inject outside air in, the, my only choice would be to open the window yeah. and then crank the heat up on that thing. And next to the window, it's going to be cold, but in the overall space, you might be, you're probably going to be okay. Okay. So you're, you're running extra heating to compensate for it. Yeah. Now, if you have a, if you're at a, if you're at a little bit bigger establishment or a, or a, uh, say a little bit higher end home heating system or small business heating system, they have outside air that they bring in to the return duct. Yep. So they, they actually will have a louver on the outside of the home or the business that brings it in. So it goes to the unit before it goes to the space. Okay. Does that make sense? So that you're mixing those air streams. Yep. And then the unit heats it up. Gotcha. So if you have that, I would just, you, you kind of have to play with it a little bit. How much outside air can I increase? How much can I open that up where it's still comfortable in the space? Right. So it sounds like a key to this is small businesses, if they don't own the space that they're in, talking to the landlords and finding out, just asking that question, do we have the kind of HVAC that allows for air intake? And if so, can we increase that air intake so that we can keep our customers comfortable while increasing safety? Absolutely. That's a wonderful question they should ask is, am I, am, do I have my outside air as high as it can go safely? Okay. Now, I, I do want to have two caveats there. Sure. Two important things. The first one is the more you increase your outside air, the higher your utility bills are going to get. Yeah, there's always a trade-off, isn't there? There's always a trade-off. So just just embrace it. There's always this balance between, you know, installation cost, indoor air quality, and then energy costs. These three things are constantly fighting each other. Yeah. There's just no way around. I mean, so actually, I can't say that. There are ways around it, but those are, that's the third leg of the stool, and they're expensive to install. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So one is utility. I said I had two concerns for you. Yeah. The second one is if you have a hot water heating system, a hot water coil. Okay. All right. So picture in your head, I got a hot water coil. It's got water in it, right? Yeah. Now I'm going to take zero degree Arctic air and I'm going to blow Arctic air over this coil. What could happen? The whole thing could just crack? It could freeze. It could crack. <laughs> oh, no. So, so this is, but this is, this is the reality of the situation. And so you have to make sure that there are safeties installed on that unit. Yeah. And they have, you know, freeze, you know, freeze sensors that will, you know, either close that outside air or shut the system down in the event that it gets too cold next to that hot water cool. Cause the last thing you want, so you can pick, you go with picture a scenario in your head, right? Yeah. One of your, one of your small business owners says, I want to increase the outside air. The guy goes open, throws it open it gets to zero degrees and then they have water pulling out of their ceiling because the unit cracked and now there's now they have a flood and the building owner's going to say, well, I, I opened the outside air for you. Now it froze. It's not my fault. 
Okay, so I can just imagine people ha- people's heads exploding right now because they have like a thousand other problems to deal with right now. <laughs> and this episode is supposed to give people solutions and we just listed a whole whack of <laughs> more problems. <laughs> I, but it, but it, it, you know, here's the real answer. The real answer is find somebody who works on these things who you trust and ask them for help. Okay. I mean, that's that's the real answer. So let's just... Let's take a step back and let's say we've talked to our landlord. The answer is no, we can't bring more air in. You have to open up windows or something like that. Can we talk about some even simpler, not really HVAC related, but just air, air movement, air quality um, topics? Like if you have just one window open and a box fan, which way do you turn it? Do you have the air blowing in? Or do you have the air blowing out? Which of the two scenarios is going to be better for, let's say, a restaurant that has one window? What do you do? Yeah. Um, well, I would probably recommend that you blow the air out. And it's really for comfort reasons. I mean, so all right, we'll, we'll talk about theory for a minute. We're going to say that that fan blows the same amount of air in or out of your building, right? Sure. And so if it's pointing out of your building, somewhere else air is coming in. We're not we're not violating any laws of physics here. We're not right. creating yep. a straight mass. We're just moving yep. it from one place to the other. Yeah. So um, so if you are pointing your fan out, there are all these cracks and crevices throughout your your building where air is going to come in. And if I was a customer in that establishment, I would rather a little bit of air come from lots of different places. Mm-hmm. than have one big stream of cold air hitting me. Does yeah. that make sense? That makes total sense. And so with that fan, then you're blowing a bunch of air out, but because just that air has got to come from somewhere, you've got these little cr- cracks and crevices, air comes in and that air is from the outside. And so That's it's right. theoretically virus-free or close to it. And so you're ventilating that way. Yeah. I mean, that's you're, you're getting dilution that way. Okay. And... You know, and it's it's the same rate, and it's just coming from all different places. And then, once again, we're relying on whatever heating system you have in place to overcome that heat loss. Right. Okay. So what about things like humidity? Because I understand that viruses like and don't like different levels of humidity. Is there anything that we should be talking about there? Yeah, I mean, the, the research likes to suggest that viruses have a tough time, you know, uh, you know, uh, propagating. If the humidity is in the 40 to 60 percent range, that's, they say, is the sweet spot for preventing the spread of viruses. So, um, like I said, we're coming up on the winter season. Humidifiers are often a good idea. Now, you know, you're going to get the you're going to get the engineer in me. I'm going to say, all right, but hang on. But because everybody says, okay, great, I'm going to go run and buy a humidifier and slap it in. Yeah. I'm going to be like, hang on, wait. There there are a few (laughs) things you want to watch out for. Um, And that's just condensation. Um, uh, If if you're in a building or you're in in a home that is not used to having humidifiers in it, you know, typically, you know, you might be in that 20 to 25 percent range. And and that's that structure. That's how it's always been. Sure. And now you go inject a bunch of humidity. Uh, your windows could fog, your walls could fog, uh, or even worse, humidity could condense in places you don't see. And then come around to June next year, 
you're going to be like, where did all this mold come from? And it's going to be, well, you didn't have a humidifier. You ran a humidifier all the time. And yeah. up behind the ceiling somewhere, you had this condensation. <laughs> but could so, that happen if you're staying within that 40 to 60% window? Are you, is this like nightmare scenario at like 80% you've really gone overboard? Yeah. So it, you, you don't, you don't, I would never recommend going past 60. Okay. Right? In today, modern construction, in most cases, you're not going to have a problem with having uh, your humidity in that 40 to 60% range. Most of the time, you're not. Once again, most of these small businesses, they weren't built in the last five years. It really comes down to insulation on the windows. Insulation is what is what prevents condensation. And so, um, you know, certainly if there's spray foam in new windows, you don't have any problem. If you've got the metal framing around your windows and you have those that's the first place you'll see condensation form right yeah. on your windows so um humidity is I, I i i'm a big fan of humidity um what i would recommend is you know add humidity you could do it in tabletop humidifiers you could do it in terms of unit mounted humidifiers it's really you get that balance of um, how much do you want to spend versus how convenient you want it to be Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, most of our customers don't want to have to refill that thing all the time. And so they would rather install one on their unit. Sure. Okay. So really quickly, going back to that restaurant scenario where there's a box fan in a window and we're actively trying to dilute, but now we've got a humidifier in the equation. Are we negating the humidity by ventilating and diluting like is all of that humidity that we're spending energy on just going out with the box fan yeah yeah okay (laughs) unfortunately the answer is yes so which would uh, you choose if um, you had to you know what would i choose if i had to i would choose ventilation first i ventilation is more i would i would pick ventilation over humidity um uh, if I had to choose one, um, in most cases, I would rather do I would rather do both. Yeah. Okay. Silman, I don't think I've ever had this much fun talking about HVAC and ventilation. <laughs> <laughs> it's so exciting. You didn't you didn't you didn't get excited about it. <laughs> I really really didn't. Um, <laughs> but it, it's so important. It really is. And I think a lot of people have a lot on their plates. Have a lot to think about. Uh, But this is one of those things that's not just important for the immediate small business purpose, right? This is a greater good thing. And, And so my hope for everyone listening is that, yes, I think these are really important things that we can and should start thinking about for ourselves and our own small business survival. But this is about keeping our community safe, too. And so just like we're mandating mask wearing in our establishments, I think if we can look at this not just as like another to-do list item to stay open, but like this is really about us coming together and keeping ourselves and each other safe. (laughs) I just I just feel like that's so huge. I feel like a lot of this stuff is on us to do. I completely agree with you. I wish there were easy answers in any of this, but yeah. is, you know, if, if we're if we're having real conversations about it, there is no easy answer. Um, indoor air quality has always been a major focus of the industry, but unfortunately, it takes 
you know, what we're experiencing for us to have really serious conversations about it. You know, we're seem to be okay with, you know, the annual flu rates and we seem to be okay with sick, sick building syndrome where people, you know, have, you know, headaches and things like that and indoor air quality. We seem to just be okay with that while we are prioritizing energy yeah. or prioritizing, you know, keeping our installation costs low. And uh, right now, this this external threat, this COVID threat, is really changing the dynamic and having to broaden horizons. Well, maybe that's a silver lining then, because I don't know that we should be okay with the flu rates and with sick building syndrome. Why are we okay with that? Just because it saves corporations money. I mean, not to not to get all soapboxy, but maybe this is our opportunity to you know, without being too cliche about it, let's forge forward into a new normal and let's make it better. <laughs> I, I did want to throw out one other technology, if I can. Please. That is something that, that's in, that's important. Uh, we're seeing more and more uh, some uh, uh, some technologies around like bipolar ionization. I'm not sure if that's something you've heard about, yeah. but these are ions that get released in the air that are designed to, to attack viruses themselves. And so this is a common add-on we're seeing more and more, you know, bolt on to units. There's that. I think there's also UVC that some people are looking at. But I think one of the really simple ones that a lot of us can be doing is also looking at our filters, right? I've heard a lot about MERV lately, and yep. MERV seems to have some ratings. And my my people, pal MERV. Yeah, people <laughs> seem to be upgrading to MERV 13 is my understanding, and that MERV 13 means more energy use because you have to force more air to catch those part that teeny tiny little particles, but that it's safer, is that correct? Yeah, that's 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 exactly right. The higher the number, the more filtration, the more stuff it catches. But also, like you said, the more energy it takes, um, the bigger the fan that's required. Um, and uh, most units, you you got to talk to your local professional. And the question I would have you ask is, what is the highest amount of filtration that my unit can handle? And let's do that. Right, because you don't want to put a filter in there that's going to break your HVAC. <laughs> that's right. And it, and it could happen. It really could happen. Um, you also, um, the, the, the more things you remove from the air, the more often you have to replace that filter. So, you know, whatever frequency you are changing your filter, you should also plan on increasing that. Right. So if I were to come away from this conversation with one takeaway, I think it would be, just talk to a professional. Just consult with somebody that knows what they're talking about. And they're everywhere, right? It's easy to get in touch with somebody that, that knows this stuff. There are HVAC people in every city, right? Yeah, absolutely. I would just say I, I, there are HVAC people everywhere. Um, have an open-minded conversation. Ask some of the questions we're talking about right here. One of my biggest frustrations with our industry right now, and this is an industry problem. It's been this way for a while. Um, too often it boils down to the low cost number. I need heating and cooling. What's the cheapest I can get heating and cooling? Mm -hmm. And we don't talk about so many of the issues that we're, we're here now. It's so exciting for me. I get so pumped because now we're talking about indoor air quality. We're talking about health. We're talking about taking mm -hmm. care of people. These yeah. are the things I got excited about. And you know how many times in my career I've had a real indoor air quality conversation? This is one of the, one of the few where people take the time and ask about it. You, wow. you kind of hit the nail on the head. You have small business owners. They don't usually own the building. Mm -hmm. 
and they oftentimes aren't responsible for the heating air conditioning system. So we have a significant misalignment of values. The people who really want to have this conversation are the ones who are using the space. They may be willing to pay more for it, but as the HVAC provider, I often don't get to talk to that person. I'm talking to the third party who really doesn't care. Does that make sense? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> and so we, we need the public. We, we do need the public to really start to care. If, if the general business owner really becomes educated and asks the tough questions, it's going to force a lot of the building owners to be able to answer them and to, and to put more time and energy into addressing some of these issues, yeah. which are important. Yeah, no, that really makes sense. Wow. Lots of great food for thought here, Silman. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. There's a, there's a lot. I'm sure that I will be giving you a shout for follow-up conversations. I'm sure people will have questions, you know, people from the community. So thank you so much for sharing your insights. This is, this is really great. Thank you.